Hello and welcome to YouTube's favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And before we begin, I want to remind everybody that we do have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon now available. Three different levels there will get you access to our videos early. And at the King Kayfaber level, you'll have access to all the videos as well as the recording session. So right now, King Kayfabers, hello, welcome. We also are working cartoonists. And you can see our bibliography on the screen right now in front of us. Uh, easiest way to support Cartoonist Kayfabe is to buy our books. Ed's latest books available for pre-order now is Hip Hop Family Tree, The Omnibus. This will be coming out later this year, collecting all of the Hip Hop Family Tree strips in one handsome oversized hardcover, 140 pages of new material in addition to all of the Hip Hop Family Tree strips. Also, the third season of Red Room, Crypto Killers, number one, will be in stores in a couple of months. Pre-orders are, are due now for all of the uh, Red Room crypto killers books so let your local comic shop or wherever you buy these books know ahead of time that you want them add them to your pool box and uh, make sure you don't miss an issue a lot of cool variants as per usual peach me a sketch cover ed variant his other books include the first two seasons of red room x-men grand design three volumes plus an omnibus the hip-hop family tree original treasury size edition still available and WYSIWYG if you can find it somewhere uh, pick that one up because i think that might be out of print my next book, Street Angel, Princess of Poverty, will be coming out, I guess, early summer from Image Comics. This collects all of the Street Angel material that is not in Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, along with a story that has never been published anywhere before. You can pre-order that one now to make sure that you don't miss it. You can also pick up my other books, Hulk Grand Design, The Plain Janes, and Street Angel, Deadliest Girl are my latest and greatest. So get those wherever you buy comics. And today, Ed, we are going to look at a bit of a classic here. Punisher kills the Marvel Universe. Um, significant for one big reason, Garth Ennis's first writing of the Punisher. This is from 1995. This is actually a second printing from, I think, 99 or 2000. But it's still Garth Ennis's first take on the Punisher, a character that he spent a lot of time with and still, since then. And still might be spending yeah, time yeah, with that. I just, I just don't even know. Uh, Maybe coming up on 30 years of uh, working on Punisher for, for Garth. The character's built for him. Especially his, his what he brings to the kind of comics he makes is that dark humor part. And he always finds a way to fucking make me crack up. And even in a story like this, he got me really, he, he got me to pop, Jimmy. Yeah, I always think, uh, anytime we talk about doing Punisher, I'm always like, man, that's not the character that I connected to as a kid. Or I'm not the reader that I was as a kid. And uh, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> Which is, again, not, not a characteristic I always associate with the Punisher. Doug Braithwaite. Is he a cross-gen alumni? Not, not familiar. Uh, not familiar. Like, his art, art was good. I would call it functional. Right. All these guys, I remember, again, like, I, my first couple years of employment was sort of the early days of internet comics coverage. And when cross-gen went down, all those dudes flooded back to Marvel and DC, and all of them were good. I think sitting in a room with each other, they sharpened each other's skills. And I swear Doug Braithwaite was part of that group uh, in my mind. But uh, we will see. Not inking, and I don't know when he actually gets into the game, but I started reading this, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't really like this art. I got to tell you, like, overall, I think the art's pretty good in here. Uh, it's I, expressive. It does the job. It doesn't get in the way of anything. It, right, yeah, yeah, but, but you know, that's, that's, not, that's not legend building, you know? Like, like, this comic could have been, like, the great masterpiece with the right guy, you know? And I'm not talking shit. It's just, it's functional work. It's also interesting, because in 1995... I don't know who style-wise what this is. You know, this is still kind of you're living in the shadow of the image guys, I think, for the most part. And this stuff is not that. 
right? So I applaud that. Uh, what is funny, though, is the young Matt Murdock. <laughs> I, I read this first page and was like laughing pretty hard at what uh, Kid Murdock and Frank Castle look like as, as uh, middle schoolers there. Yeah, totally. It, that's uh, a big head on Frank Castle. You know, that, that's that's uh, that, the comics idiom of uh, the superhero guys, right? You got to draw a kid, put big ass eyes on him and make the head gigantic. Uh, the page one lets you know we're in Elseworlds territory. You know, this is a singular comic. It's divorced from the Marvel Universe, the Marvel canon. It's its own thing, which in itself is adventurous, I, I, I think, man, because Marvel really wasn't doing Elseworlds type stuff where you have the opportunity to do, like, one-and-done stories. And and frankly, the conceit of, like, Elseworlds, it's just, it's stupid. It's just like, let, let guys make their, their ultimate statement with this character, that character. Like, who, fuck your canon and all this kind of shit. Uh, so... This exists in its own time space. It's its own thing. Garth Ennis was given the platform to kind of make his ultimate statement. He hates capes and cowls. It's fully on display here. And he's afforded the opportunity, thanks to the success of Preacher and stuff, that he's given this this uh, room to kill, kill the darlings, man. Do you think this starts out as a what if, and Marvel sees some of the script or story and is like, oh yeah, this should be its own spinoff yeah because i mean right. it's kind of a what if setup all that shit yeah it's just like yeah it's 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 the opportunity for these guys to make their ultimate comic they got to brand it of course but yeah it, it makes sense why, why not sure it was a what if so so frank castle is uh he's a policeman and his wife and kids are at central park whenever a schmoz goes down and you know what this comic also is it's uh what what was that 1990 comic that was like a damage control yeah damage control like where they were trying to it was the idea of these superhero fights have consequences and then this group cleans things up but like what would that really look like in a way you know if, if there are these superpowered beings doing this kind of thing there are definitely casualties the great miracle man comic comes to mind where you know the protagonist picks up a car full of people and starts bashing the bad guy with it de decimating the people inside that car. Uh, this is this is better than any damage control comic. I'm gonna I'm gonna hazard a guess. You know what's great about it is page one, page two, page three. We're all set up. Yeah. Like this is the the Frank Castle driving like a maniac once he hears this is happening in Central Park and his family's there. Races to the scene of the crime. The superheroes have won. You know they right. they've, they've won the day and are kind of callously here talking about the innocents that were. Uh, lost in the crossfire if you will and uh pretty callous in how they describe it yeah and frank castle's family is amongst uh the deceased thanks to cyclops's optic blast he gets from castle like castle gets a very uh stoic i'm sorry uh what's that piece say i'm sitting to the we side. we didn't know they were there and he goes, you're sorry, pulls out the jammy and fucking shoots Cyclops in the head. Point blank right there. <laughs> I got to applaud Garth Ennis's economy. We've got 48 pages or 64 pages or something here. We're going to get into this by page four. If you got to kill a universe of characters, you, you got to get started. Yeah, it goes from there to Kitty Pride next, which gets Wolverine involved. And um, boy, things escalate quickly. Matt Murdock shows up to represent Frank Castle, who is, of course... Uh, Convicted. Life imprisonment is his sentence for uh, killing a couple of these superheroes in cold blood. Yeah. And um, before he gets to the prison, 
there's a detour and a bunch of rich people who are the uh, damage control victims. Right. The, the people who have lost someone or been mutilated in the uh, superhero crossfire, they have a lot of resources when they all get together and they are putting those resources behind payback. Yes. And that means bribing some people to get Frank Castle in their employ. And they basically offer him this job, like we've got the resources, whatever you need. And uh, he says, you know, it's gonna take a long time. That's fine. They're looking for justice. He's looking for payback. This is uh, unlikely bedfellows, but that is the this is the money behind the new Punisher. Yes, and who he's looking to punish are these uh, super beings, man, who are too uh, full of themselves and not thinking about Joe, Joe America. <laughs> we want you to kill them all. <laughs> Very bloodthirsty group. And once again, that's uh, what I just described. It's another four pages, and you turn the page, and we are there. This is Punisher making his first appearance here with the Skull costume and wasting no time. Like he's gone through killing a couple of superheroes already, being convicted, and now being built to go out with a, with a money behind him and let's kill the Marvel Universe. As a uh, fun thought exercise, as a creative, it must have been a joy to figure out like how how would you kill spider-man you know you have to you have to design this stuff as as the creative team as the writer like how would you do away with spider-man like what are his kryptonites what how can how can you make this happen and so there's creative deaths all through this thing i will say that these superheroes get taken out pretty easily mm -hmm. this is um they become sort of the foot soldiers that you see in the movies that get wiped out and can't shoot straight yeah. uh, very quickly in this treatment. But again, Garth Ennis, pretty clear that he doesn't like superheroes, so uh, treat them like idiots. And you know what? If you're Spider-Man and you're not lifting something that weighs 10 tons, what are you good at? It's not <laughs> right. like you've been trained in anything. Right. So get your money shot here on a page turn. Get microchip shows up right? yeah yeah he's one of, he was another victim of, of superheroes like that's the conceit there there was a part maybe it was a little bit earlier where they were talking about we want you to kill we want you to kill don't worry it's just a dialogue thing we want you to kill all the superheroes dot 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 and the x-men or something like, like yeah, yeah that's right. were like an adjacent kind of thing yeah that feels like that must have been an editorial thing i would guess because that was how x-men were viewed as like the outlaws right. right you know they weren't they weren't the same as the superheroes maybe ennis knew that but either way like that's a nice detail i caught that one too yeah Hulk smash. How are you going to defeat the Hulk? Pretty easy. Wait for him for uh, to revert back to Jekyll. Go up and just shoot him. Yeah. Two pages to, to uh, get rid of the Hulk. Yeah, while he's like sleeping like a bum or something. Was that, what, did that hurt your feelings? See, this yeah, is... Yeah, mildly offensive. This is a, you know, that's an Eternity Comics Malibu hand right there. That scene too. Yeah. There, there's a... It's not the greatest, like, like uh, this could have been such a legendary comic with, with the right artist, but maybe there's also just the deadline conceits. There are several inkers, which always points to deadline for me. Six inkers is not great, and most of those inkers are names I haven't, haven't seen before. Yeah, like, like Eneth is the only name on this, man. The rest is, are just job dudes. I don't think Dylan did the original cover either. I, I can't remember who that was, but it's it's kind of it cool that original Bradley. cover yeah, like a pile is like of a, dudes or something. Right, exactly. A pile of superheroes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. Coming in with uh, both guns ablazing, and um, gonna go now and confront Wilson Fisk, Kingpin, right. who gets more pages than the Hulk. By the way, that's disrespectful, <laughs> Garth. 
Kingpin just bending up guns like they're made, like they're coat hangers. This is a Looney Tunes comic. It is. It is very much so. Like Punisher is a Looney Tune is Wiley Coyote to uh, Garth Ennis. Man, you just like put him put him out there, like let him kill stuff. How many times did he kill Punisher? Uh, Garth Ennis alone, right? Like we looked at that Richard Corbin comic. Uh, you know, spoilers. Like at the end of this one. And this time, kills Kingpin, but is trapped underneath him. Yeah. It has to go back through the, uh, the system. system again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which starts to create some, uh, you know, that's not always going to work. Gets harder and harder to bust you out, Frank. Yeah. Costs more money. But uh, nevertheless, that's what happens. Next stop. And what, what, what that shows is a little bit of rift yes. be- between those, uh, like, Gimps and, and, uh, and Frank. He's like, I've got the high-tech weaponry I needed from the Kingpin's lab. How's he pull that off while he's like pinned under Kingpin? Right, yeah, microchip at work. Yeah, when it, something when it's like no that. Legs. Parachuting into Latveria to confront Doctor Doom, throws some kind of disc magnetic thing on his helmet, and uh, he I, is building his weapon cache. Right. You know, like this is what this is: is escalating through the weapons, which is kind of neat. It's almost procedural. Like if you're Garth Ennis right. writing this, you're escalating not just who he's fighting or whatever, but also the capability that he's amassing. Because there are just guys that are going to be a little bit tougher. And uh, just upon this read, because this this will be the second time I've ever, ever gone through it. I read it the first time. And like seeing this, like this pays off. Yes. Yeah, it's a clear setup. Um, again, I go back to that economy. It makes me think like if Garth Ennis approaches most of his comics that way. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, th- I, think, I think that's one of his strengths for sure. Uh, this is fantastic that you've got hyperbolic dialogue between the baddies and the goodies you got all the mutants you got you know a couple dozen characters juggernaut is out there they're, they're on the moon uh it's comic books so we don't have to worry about you, you know little glass domes on their heads or anything like that maybe storm created a little she terraformed uh, the moon for the moment the bad guys show up because of an invitation from the good guys the good guys show up from it invitation for the bad guys and then they're wondering well if you didn't invite us and we didn't you know we didn't invite you he parent trapped them <laughs> flip it flip <laughs> it to drop a nuke on all of them man <laughs> there's so much ridiculousness going on there yeah yeah i mean this is wily coyote falling off a plateau or something 100 percent. it's so it's such a weird comic uh you know the weird part is like marvel being like Sure, let's do this. It's got to be Axel, right? Like, is he in, in the midst? No, of- he's not there yet. I think it's um, I think Bob Harris is your editor in chief at the time. He is for this reprint. I don't know if he is in '95 yeah. or not. '95, um, man, it it could still be DeFalco, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, Axel's still at friggin'. He's just the Vertigo editor for for pre- Preacher at this point. Wolverine not on the moon for some reason, not being a good uh, a good X Men there. Well, he's drinking his sorrows away. Like he's psychological. That looks like a Mickey's bottle. Here, here's here's the other thing. Like so much time transpires. So like he was on some mission. This could be years later because he's talking about even other hero. Like you know the Avengers are dead. Like like every, so many more people are dead. So there will be allusions to three years have passed, five years have passed. This is a long process. That, um, that these like 40 pages or whatever sort of take place in a tiny little digital effect here early this figure's blurred (laughs) it's very bizarre because nothing else in the background is blurred it's just the figure yeah early digital some of the coloring you see that too where it's like some bizarre face shadows and things that the colorist is uh taking it upon themselves to 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 add in there and wolverine's hair and (laughs) nuts he had some really there were weird dudes post image 
that were drawing Wolverine in some strange ways. There was a Wolverine Punisher crossover, I don't know if you remember it, where his hair is just bonkers, but it's kind of in this direction. Yeah, um, th this kind of hair is, is basically what Adam Kubert started to do with the hair. It became a very small face and big giant hair. I think probably inspired by uh, Weapon X, the, Bar the Barry Windsor Smith style, like towards the end where the hair gets like very feral. And uh, we do have a previous video that we posted with uh, Garth Ennis's uh, two-issue team-up between Punisher and Wolverine that was drawn by Derek Robertson, where Punisher point-blank range, pistol grip, sawed-off shotgun, shoots Wolverine in the face very early, and through the rest of the comic, it's like the Terminator skeleton, skull face running around on adventures with Such a great Punisher. visual. Incredible. But that's not what we're gonna get here. This time he just fries him all the way down to the uh, adamantium skeleton. Right. I, I was. I was really. This one was underwhelming to me because it's like we, we know that he he rebuilds and stuff, and and we've seen him decimated a lot. What I really needed to see was you chop the head off, you put some weight to it, you take it to the Marianas trench, <laughs> and then you just like let it explosively decompress, as it you know it, it have it turn into a marble or something <laughs> down down there and uh yeah yeah it's underwhelming too because like you're getting this is one of the longest sequences right five exactly. pages but we don't have a big money shot it's, yeah it's, yeah it's there in theory but it's not the big payoff it's not a big moment i i actually do not doubt that ennis went there in his iteration but editorial reels him back in uh, I give him the benefit of the doubt with so much because he has such a big body of work and really pushes things that whenever you get an underwhelming moment, I feel like that was the B choice to what he originally wanted to do. That Marvel was like, you know, we're having fun here, but you can't really shit on our icons that much, especially the cartoon. If this is 95, I think the cartoon is still on. I wonder whose choice it is that this is five pages versus, you know, Hulk gets two and... X-Men and Avengers get four. Yeah, Hulk was, Hulk was nothing. Like, like the X-Books were still everything. And, and Wolverine was... If the cartoon, the X-Men cartoon's still go, going on, like, you know, X-Men was as popular as they ever were here. Get your montage of uh, Kill Them All. It's, it's funny. It's, uh, you know, several of these we've seen the kills on screen, but they're still here. Very Bagley-ish. <laughs> these dudes that have been, like damaged by the uh superheroes there's a certain look to them that's kind of funny yeah i don't know what this these injuries are like there's like it looks like, like a, his skin's peeling yeah, off in it looks places like a ter terrible burn you know you know what that uh, part reminds me of is um the red dragon i think uh the prequel to silence of the lambs where it's like the victims of hannibal lecter there's like a super rich guy who eventually gets like fed to the pigs or whatever He's that guy. He's a super rich dude that's like mangled from a previous encounter, wants revenge. Like, like that's sort of the basis for this. I also think this spread is probably trimmed wrong or printed wrong. It looks too small. You know, like, like if you look on previous pages where your margins are, that's probably where this margin should be. Right. And it's not. And you can see, like, there's a lot of fill-in where there's just no line art or anything going off there. So. And, and you don't see no Punisher. Like, like it's like you can't, you can't center spread that. No, you can't. You can't put it right in the middle axis. Yeah. And keeps getting arrested, which I guess kind of makes sense. Although it wouldn't surprise me if you're getting shot up by the police at some point. Like, 
what kind of arrests are you doing where you're just <laughs> you're killing the heroes of the world and then you're going peacefully when the cops show up right yeah like if they're gonna like stomp on your head for 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 killing a cop or something the the, the superheroes are like the next level ennis also does a pretty good job of like now you're a disgrace you know these like captain america laying it on pretty thick to frank castle who's avenging his family wolverine kind of did the same thing you killed my friends yeah he's like you killed my family right um you know it's it's i think it's the mark of good writing on ennis's part that you're seeing both sides of these guys going after each the other the only way to go like you know it's empathy and and like uh, guys like you know aaron sorkin and they're, they're like you don't have to agree with jack nicholson in uh, a few good men or whatever but but you have to come up with the argument to God why why Jack Jack Nicholson would will do what he did on, at the wall. All right, man. Here we go. Daredevil's all that's left standing, and uh, well, maybe his support team also left standing, and this is where their disagreements come to a head. And I think they're probably pretty easy to dispatch. I was gonna say you've just seen Punisher kill all the superheroes in the Marvel universe, and you think you're gonna take him on, right? And especially like. Not the smartest. Don't don't they say like you actually don't want to close the one eye when you when you sh when you are aiming a sight? Nah, you, you look through one eye. You do? Yeah. That's I guess it's just in movies where they're like, oh, quit quit closing your eye. And now our final showdown. See, you're seeing age with his hair. That that shows you the 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 trans. The, the, the time change. It's a good note, because otherwise I don't get a sense of time passing. I know they say it a few times. Right. Um, I don't know how you would show that exactly, but it, it feels like that's a bit of a dropped opportunity somewhere that that doesn't come through like this is his life work. It feels like this happens pretty quick as a read. And I think I think visually you, you, you could do it. Uh, you would have to go Gibbons about it, man, and, and come up with like these different looks. You know who else could do it? The Steve Dillon face, like say what you will about like same face syndrome, whatever. You could tell that Steve Dillon drew those faces, but those faces are all different and all do have a unique feature. And when he's doing more aged versions of a character, there will be more lines on the face and it, it clearly reads. Uh, but this, you know, you see the little Polly Walnuts gimmicks. Yeah, I think there are. I think you could do it too with having more physical tools on Punisher. You know, have, have him miss an arm or fingers. Sure, or, yeah, yeah, get extra. You know, taped yeah. up, limping, whatever it is. You're right. Maybe more body armor, you know, all this stuff. Like, I think there are ways that you could have progressed <laughs> him through this. Almost Dark Knight-esque. Okay, Fabers, we got you guys doing your Death <laughs> of Superman comics, but I think we might have uh, a contender for 2027. Boy, the early computer coloring pulls me so hard. Like, looking at stuff like these simple gradations that would have been, like, from Photoshop 1 and Corel Draw, whatever they were using at the time in 95. Yeah. Like, you can see the kind of the simple tools that were available. That's a funny time period as everybody goes goes digital. And uh, Daredevil trying, try and, through the end, to be Daredevil. And uh, cost him his life. <laughs> <laughs> you killed us all. No, Matt. There's one more. One more to go. And there, there's your Garth Ennis killing Punisher for the first time. Right. Does he have a little white head on his chin? Is that what that is? I don't know what that is. That's, <laughs> That's funny. so funny. I, I always loved, uh, it was the cover of uh, the Dan Pussy Collections, where uh, Klaus would draw, it would just be a red circle on Dan Pussy's face that he would leave white in the middle, and it was the perfect, like, white head zit drawing that you could ever see like because it's just it's, it's so simple just a red circle leave the white white and it's so disgusting 
This was way more enjoyable than I expected it to be. First time I ever read it. I'm a, yeah, I'm me too. A, I'm, a, I'm a Garth Ennis Mark. Uh, you know, it's the art that that uh, I like holistic comics. Like it, it, like it's it's tough for me to read a job comic from the assembly line in general now. Like I'm just past that. I like to read comics that people that a person makes rather than a team or a committee. Uh, but even at this point, I was I was kind of done on that kind of stuff. Like like it, I would I would give you a chance if you had strength at all of the visible metrics, me, you know, measuring sticks, freaking art. If that looked cool, I'll give it a shot. Uh, but this art is just you know, it's too boilerplate to me. It's pretty solid. This was a time I was done, though, just overall. Like, 95 comics were so bad looking. And I talk about the computer color. That's one component. There were people aping the image stuff. You know, like, there was just... It's kind of a low point for me as a fan. And uh, I think this this stuff's pretty serviceable. I I was pleasantly surprised by it. It's worth a quarter or whatever. It's worth a buck. Yeah, so, good read. Had fun. I look forward to, uh, like, we got to do the Detective Soap 12-issue Ennis and Dylan uh, uh, Punisher miniseries, man. Good to go? Yeah. Okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Uh, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make, but we also have a Patreon. Uh, hit the link in the description below. King Kayfabers are watching us record these videos live. They get the videos before anybody else. That mitigates the Kayfabe effect. But... The vids are brought to you by the books that we make. So, Jimmy, tell the people what you have. Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. This is my next release from Image Comics. It will collect all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadly Scroll Live, which has just come back into print from Image Comics. So, pick this one up now. Pre-order Princess of Poverty from your local comic shop. And pick up my other books, Hulk, Grand Design, and The Plain Janes, also available. And you can join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug, where you can read my latest comics that I have started serializing there. Getting this note from uh, from the chat room, they said, uh, Alfred Comics said that uh, NS refused to do some work for Marvel for a while uh, because editorial changed some of his dialogue uh, in this comic without without his, his input. It wasn't until Quesada uh, came into the floor that uh, Ennis came back. So thank you, Alfred Comic, uh, in the chat room for that. Uh, Red, uh, Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming out 2023 collecting the four existing volumes of hip-hop family tree and if you have those existing four volumes of hip-hop family tree you're going to want to scoop up this book for the 140 pages of extra goodies contained uh therein uh order it at your comic shop pre-order online whatever is convenient for you but red room is starting up again in may this is the cover to uh issue one murder on the dark web for fun and profit banned in 26 countries banned in 11 comic shops going to be coming out on a monthly basis each story completely self-contained Support the comic uh, where you see it. There are two volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree trade paperbacks out there right now. Scoop those up. Three volumes X-Men Grand Design and WYSIWYG. What else do we have going on, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. Great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.